Hey friends, welcome back to the Wild and Free podcast. Today we have Jen and Phil with us and you may remember them from our very, very first episode. If you haven't listened to that one, go back and have a listen. They're from Hope Ministries in Brazil and they have their good friend Wellington along with them today. Um, he is, him and his wife have been a part of Hope Ministries almost since the beginning and they're absolutely fantastic. You're going to hear um, kind of some of the things that they're excited about for the future, catch up on where things are at with the coffee company that you helped to fund with your coffee orders um, and generous donations and you're not going to want to miss this episode. But right before we get into that, I just want to give you a reminder that our Kickstarter for the Wild and Free Cafe is still open. Um, if you want the kind of <laughs> the skinny on what's going on with that, just go and listen to the episode right before this one to get caught up. Um, in brief, we are still looking for a new location and hopeful that we will find one in Millbank. So the Kickstarter is still open. We still need a lot of funds to make this happen. So if you are able and willing, um, you can head to our website to donate now. Um, and without further ado, let's get to this very convicting, honestly, conversation with Jen and Phil and Wellington from Hope Ministries Brazil. Okay, Jen and Phil, welcome back to the Wild and Free podcast. You are our very, very, very first episode in which we did a video right off the bat, mostly because we didn't have the audio. I didn't, I couldn't even do audio at that time. <laughs> I was not <laughs> But that was like 2021, I think, sometime yeah. in the summer, because I was sitting in my backyard. It's um, always summer here. <laughs> Please don't rub it in. It's literally <laughs> blizzarding outside right now. So I don't want to talk about is. it. <laughs> it is um and then we have with you today one of your dear friends wellington who was um the mastermind behind the sound and video of our last one and now we're finally getting him and yeah. his voice on the podcast so welcome wellington so good to have thank you. you thank you it's good to be here awesome so i think we'll start with wellington just because i mean jen and phil no offense but your old news to our listeners well, probably yep. <laughs> um <laughs> Wellington, uh, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners and, you know, tell them what the heck you're doing here and yeah. <laughs> how you know Jen and Phil and um, how you're part of, of Hope Ministries and, yeah, what's all going on? Okay, let's go. So my name is Wellington, <laughs> like the beef, like the boots, and like the New Zealand's capital city. Yes! That is the best <laughs> and, introduction I've ever heard. <laughs> and I'm Brazilian, so that's... That's why you're going to hear some weird English. And uh, I'm from João Pessoa, is the name of the city. And I'm, I know a guy whose name is Nick Billman. And he was the, the one that really connected us. Uh, I believe Jen and Phil went to like a city, uh, Recife. It's like the closest capital city here. And they met Nick Billman. And this guy, this guy worked with... Um, Specifically, I believe children that was exploited, right, Jen and Phil? Um, yeah, I mean, when we met them, they they were doing both. They were on the street with okay, women. on the street, yeah. And then they also have uh, what's called Villa Batania or Batania Batania Village, I guess, um, no. which is for for children. Okay, so Nick Bilman uh, gave my contact to Jennifer, and we met. And the very first time we met, I just started speaking very fast. <laughs> Portuguese. And <laughs> Portuguese, yeah. Yeah, yeah in Portuguese. Bad. And like by the end of the night, Phil, probably Phil didn't get 
anything. Not a word. Not a whole lot. I did. I was I was tracking. Phil, not so much. Phil's just yeah. nodding and smiling. And I was just smiling. Like, what the heck yeah. just happened, Jen? Jen will yeah. tell me later. So we we start being friends and and pray together. I believe we we went to your house for dinner, and we had a moment of prayer, and it was awesome. My wife, she's not here because we have four sons. And Enough she, said, right? she, she's with yeah. a bunch of them trying to get them uh, sleeping in. So uh, she was not that um, excited to work with these women, you know, mm. like the, the place that they they went to work with the women. It, it's a place that we commonly um, drive by and it was part of the landscape for for us in our city. And any church and any organization, they looked at that that ladies. And when they told Diana what they did, she was like, okay. She had a very, you know, she was not good. She she was not good. Uh, she 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 didn't like the idea to work with that women. But one day, I I, I believe Jen and Phil told about a tent that they used to um mm um build on the, the the beach and one day my wife went there and have a chat with one of one of these women and everything changed because mm. she that day she discovered that behind uh, women in prostitution there was a life and a person with fears struggles and hopes and dreams mm. and when my wife started to being more involved then i start to get involved too so i i'm the guy i went to the streets and and pray for the girls but i'm more the guy with prayer and technology and bible <laughs> stuff and, and bless you because we all need a guy with technology skills and, i need a guy with technology skills yeah. for we and, and everything that really 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 need i have a lot of contacts in the city so I'm most operation, oper operational and, you know, Bible stuff. And I like, mm -hmm. I like this two worlds. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, yeah, I think Jen had felt or had shared briefly with me about um, Deanna actually meeting the women for the first time and that just the change that it made in, in being able to put a kind of a person to the face, like an actual like person with, with a story and, very often a very heartbreaking story and to realize that maybe the reasons like we can make up all kinds of reasons in our mind of why somebody is doing something that they're doing that we maybe don't understand but when we actually learn that and, and see just how many different reasons there can be for someone yeah. to find themselves in their circumstances and to have like you know I think that is what changes all of our hearts and, and you know I, I remember I really believe that God sent people from outside of our city to mm. open our eyes here because we are locals. We we are used to see the the girls there, and you know that's why He always changed people from place to place mm. because we need a new perspective. You know. Yeah, we kind of get. It's and... like when you drive past your own like your own landscape or your own. I don't know. You drive through your cities and whatever, and then you go visit another country and like 
everything you drive by, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe people live here and look at this every day. And the people who live there are like, why would you come be a tourist here? There's nothing to see, right? It's that I like, like you said, the the fresh eyes. I think that, yeah, that's I never thought about that before, just in the terms of like the women, like Jen, you kind of said being invisible almost to the people like they're just a part of the scenery in some ways but it's like this horrific like thing that's happening but it's just so almost normal that we can just walk past it and yeah people are just desensitized to it I think so until somebody sort of like you know sees it and starts kind of opening that world and and then takes your head and goes no look at them (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like that's when it, I think, you know, for, for Deanna inviting her to the tent and having her experience, um, you know, I think there were 11 women that came that day and it was all of a sudden they went from being those women who break up marriages mm. to people with names and kids and, you mm. know, similar issues. I think at the time uh, she was experiencing some emotional stuff and one of the other girls was experiencing something similar and they really connected on that point. And it was like, you know, we're just two women yeah. and that's where we're it, not really all that different. That different. <laughs> yeah. We're really not. We're just, you know, a couple of circumstances away from being exactly the same. And and that's in exactly. that's with a lot of things. It's not just, not just yeah. women on the streets as well. So, yeah. um, what does what is Deanna involved with now? What, what kind of what does she do at um, Hope Ministries right now? Because she's kind of gone all in now. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, her her side of it. I mean, both both Deanna and Wellington are very very relational. They're mm. very good. They're very pastoral. They try and deny it, but they are. Um, <laughs> Wellington's just grinning from his side yeah, of the video. They, they do. They basically they, they basically come alongside us and do what we do. So mm. now Deanna. She can't always. She can't really come down to the street because she's always pregnant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she would. She would come to the tent, and then she would come to the Hope Center as well. So she and she has a really, really amazing connection with the women. And a lot of what we do with you know, in terms of our relationship with these women, it, it doesn't know. It's not always happening face to face. A lot of it is over WhatsApp. Mm. A lot of it. Is- WhatsApp. I mean, my screen time is like 80% WhatsApp, I think. Um, and so it is something that, you know, we can be doing from home um, and still be relating. And that's, you know, it's a big piece of what Deanna brings to the table. She also brings a real balance to our, um, we're the, we're the like run ahead, arms wide open, like, let's just like give stuff away and, you know, do all this stuff and and she's you know she brings this like okay she brings us some more sort of like realism and you know uh she's a good we're a good balance yeah. it makes it makes it for a good well. team and you know phil and vienna are really good at staying focused in a meeting and wellington and i are both very <laughs> like having a meeting with a couple of squirrels it's like a meet between a squirrel and a golden retriever all over the <laughs> it's, it's like yeah it's true they also oh my gosh the other part they bring is is they're our cultural reference as well <laughs> yeah. i mean we've been here for 10 years we know a lot about brazil and how things work but there's sort of, sometimes there's just certain things that we naturally do that might not be quite culturally relevant here or correct mm. or best best way to do it I'm, a, I'm always firing things off to wellington okay wellington uh gringo question number 367 <laughs> What does it mean when, or why is this like that? Or, and so, you know, they help us 
they help us stay culturally, you know, culturally relevant. And there's a million different sayings and phrases which are very bizarre in Brazil. So Portuguese. Yeah. So well, sometimes we're teaching them though, because we've taught Deanna a yeah. few about. I basically I use the the term. I think you know someone got shanked um, in Portuguese. Like that was how I. Oh, no. And she had no idea. She was like, "What does that mean?" And Wellington's like, "It means she got stabbed, hon. It's just oh, you know, he's using lingo." <laughs> And I yeah. have no idea. I was learning a whole other Portuguese. They know street Portuguese. Yeah. <laughs> and because because Brazil is so massive, like we are in one state of nine states of one region of five regions. So it's a continent. And and Phil and Jenny spend a lot of time on north part. And mm -hmm. now they are in northeast. And it's a different world. <laughs> like, totally. It's, it's... And, and the other big part as well is like Wellington said, um, he has a lot of connections and he does a bit of traveling and stuff around Brazil and even outside Brazil. So again, it's not sometimes it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. So many, many yeah. times where it's like, hey, we need somebody for this, or do you know somebody that wants? Oh, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows, and then the next thing we connect. <laughs> You're like, of course you do. <laughs> and it's just been it's just extremely helpful. It's just a way of because we even though we've been in the city for what six, six years, years now yeah. it's a capital city it's a big city it's like impossible mm -hmm. to get to them but these guys have lived here their whole life so they know the city they know mm -hmm. people it's extremely valuable i love that because it's it's like yeah you need those like you need the fresh eyes of you know because it's like well then why couldn't couldn't deanna and wellington just just run it well like no because they didn't even see it because it was too you know so you need like jen and phil to come from canada to like see it and have the like God's telling us to do this kind of thing. But then if you just run ahead on your own and try to do it, it becomes this like obnoxious thing of other people moving in and doing whatever we do in Canada that doesn't make sense in Brazil. So then you need yeah. the Brazil, like we need this yeah. like teamwork approach of it's never just a one, you know, one man, one woman, one couple show. Right. That's when things go sideways. It's not about who's going where and who's doing what. It's about trying to just do it yourself and bring just like well this is how i think it should be done and like not being like teachable and not being in relationship with the people who also know what the heck is going on around you otherwise you're running around telling everyone that you've been stabbed or someone's been stabbed when that's it's not what you're it's just it's chaos. it's chaos and we also want our project to be as brazilian as possible yeah yep like we you know we ideally one day would like it to be run by brazilians and and completely Dealt with by Brazilians, so we could actually step back from that and maybe do something else. But mm -hmm. yeah, so I mean, a lot has happened at Hope Ministries since the beginning of 2021, and I will not try to get you to like update every um inch of that journey because we would be here until 2024. There have been some significant changes or things that have happened kind of in that time. Do you want to just Catch us up to what's happening now. And back, I think in 2021, when we talked, I mean, we were just starting out with the coffee company thing. I think, had it been fully funded yet or not yet? I don't remember. It depends on whether or not we had like come back to Canada or. or anyway, it was, it was really, it was really at its very baby inception. We didn't even yeah. know. We didn't know where to get coffee. We didn't know. We didn't know anything. We still don't know everything. Well, we welcome to that but, club. I am the president. Uh, yeah. But we know more <laughs> than we did. So, yeah. so it wasn't, now we, 
our original original estimate got fully funded. But then as we discovered, we know so little about, or we knew so little about the coffee thing mm -hmm. that um, we we have yeah we got enough to get us to, to get, get us going, started to get us started. Yeah. But what that enabled us to do, one of the initial things we did was we actually um, flew down south. It was myself, Jen, and well, went we need to back wife. up a little bit. And how how did we even get there? Because well, we did that in the last one. I thought that I had a connection to yeah. a Brazilian farmer, and then didn't hear from him for a year. That's but the, then that didn't ha <laughs> the happen. He didn't have it. So the whole thing about finding um, oh, okay. like just talking about everything's here. fine here. Listeners, don't you can not, tell not to worry. We, this you is can normal. tell them how we found the the, the, the Okay. All right. So we had no idea how to find after things. Kind of the guy that uh, Quila that you were speaking to. Um, that sort of went cold, and then we were left like, how on earth do I find out of who knows how many coffee farmers in Brazil? Yeah, how do we find a good match for us? Not only did we want to have a good quality coffee, we wanted to have ethically grown, know that they're treating their staff well, mm -hmm. um, and where do we even start? Mm -hmm. So I sat at the computer one day and I just felt like I was supposed to Google uh, women coffee producers, Brazil. So I, that's what I did. So I Googled that and up came this association of women coffee growers in the state of Minas Gerais, which is one of the states that grow some of the best coffee because they have the higher altitude uh, here in Brazil. Mm -hmm. So I, re I reached out to them and they were like immediately all over it. Uh, we had a Zoom meeting and they were like yeah we'd love you to come down and for us it was really important to actually go there yeah that was a part of it because we wanted to see who are we getting this coffee from what you know how do they run themselves what does that look mm -hmm. like so we did because we people down. can like say, say whatever in an email or a, you know like they can say all kinds of things and answer all have all the right answers to all the questions exactly. but until you actually like you know see people yeah, well, in their natural habitat like, yeah. Yeah. exactly well, the other part was this was an association of coffee growers now sometimes that means um you're buying from the association and you're dealing with them the prices can go up and you don't know exactly what you're getting yeah but when we actually went down what we discovered was this the only reason for the association for these women is to assist the individual women that are, have coffee farms in improving their product and getting what it's worth. Because they're all quite small producers. So it's an, it's an association for, it gives them kind of more um, strength. It empowers them, educates them. Like they, they were selling their coffee for way, way less. Um, right. So now they have an actual, like a taster who comes in and grades their mm -hmm. coffee. So they're all specialty coffee. So it's all above a certain, you know, point. And he comes in all the time and like does tasting and all that stuff. So we were just like, well, this is clearly who we're supposed to get coffee from because they also really yeah. caught the vision of what we do um, and wanted to know like, how can we help? Um, not, you know, just how much coffee do you want to buy from us? So it's been, right. it's been fantastic. We actually, our, our coffee should be being roasted like I think next week um right so you're starting with their roasting it down yes. like there and sending it to you because that'll help with like not having to have that um yeah. all of that, that set up and learning how to roast right away which is is helpful. it was actually exactly. a suggestion from one of their producers 
And the great thing was there was no competition. We met so many different women that had different farms and it wasn't like, no, you want my coffee, you want my coffee. It was all just really loving what we do and wanting to know how they can yeah. help. And, the one, wow. and we weren't even sure how we were going to do, who was going to roast. And then the one lady who's pretty busy, 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 business savvy, she's like, <laughs> well, why don't you start like this? Why don't you just... <laughs> I'm using that word. I'm feeling really yeah, busy. Disney. Disney. Yeah, it's like Disney. you're busy with business. You're busy. Yeah. yeah. Disney. Not Disney, but business. <laughs> anyway, so she, she she suggested, she said, well, why don't you just start with just one bag? You buy one a bag. Sack, a 60 count. One sack. 60 count. 60 pounds. 60 kilograms. English is new to us. Is it kilograms okay. or pounds? Kilograms. No, kilograms. Kilograms. Thank you. It's normal. One. It's, oh we're, um, it's not always efficient to put two words together. Jen and no, exactly. Like it really only works a handful of times. So that's right. Terracited hit busy. our capacity. Terracited yeah. and busy. And busy. <laughs> <laughs> and These are okay. the squirrels. And the golden retriever is just smiling. He's not stopping us. So she suggested buy one sack and get it roasted there by their roasters that already know how to roast their beans. Package it, and then we'll ship it up this way, already packaged, and then we label and distribute. And just one sack. It was just just to get a feel to understand who your clients are, what kind yeah. of uh, and see if you can sell it. That's how we started exactly. about one bag. Exactly. It was super not economical at all, but I was like, I have to know before I purchase like a gazillion bags yeah, if anyone's even going to buy it. Exactly. So that's kind of where we're at with coffee. It's. You know, it's imminent. It's coming. Uh, we've, you know, uh, met with the marketing team. So we have that they were fantastic. So we have our name. We have, you know, what our and what's the name of it don't make any sense in English, uh, but it's called Alphogia, which I guess basically you could translate that as emancipation. Yes, I was, be... I was wondering if you went with that. I was kind of hoping you would. Yeah. 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 Is that Probably. close, Wellington? It's, it's a very... <laughs> Brazilian concept of freedom. Mm. Uh, when, when slavery um, was like forbidden in Brazil, mm -hmm. the slaves they receive a letter, and the letter was called Alforria. It's their freedom, you know. Oh, so I the name of it. the coffee, it's Alforria. It. I love it, and I can't yeah. wait. We have to figure out. Um, we have to figure out exporting so that we can carry it. Also, yes. Which here is that's that is the plan listeners so eventually to have a brazil roast that is named we can yes. we will bring some already roasted up you know Heck a little bit yes yeah okay so, so i mean in, in the big so in the meantime when when um just for our listeners benefit and because it's just a really good memory when you guys came up um, in the, was it the summer? No, what was that? And you brought like yeah, a gazillion yeah. kinds of coffee after being at oh the my parks because I um, couldn't go because I went and again, booked my vacation a little too soon and then could have gone. Anyway, it's fine. Uh, um, you brought like a gazillion kinds of coffee and we sat in my parents' living room and just tried like oh. a gazillion kinds to pick our favorites of like oh what my we God. And I, and Yeah, we, we drove home like absolutely buzzing buzzing like, oh I yeah remember, it was so like, much coffee like i need water or maybe we were just drinking tiny cups but a lot of yes them. that's so, the thing and and i have never found a brazilian coffee that i like right until that's right. that day right. until and i was like that then there was like six of them so 
But then I found yeah, out also I had brought you coffee before that was like terrible coffee. <laughs> oh gosh, what did we think? It was before? that stuff was, was so strong. Like I like I like I don't think I could handle it. I don't know what I don't know what it was. Like I tried so hard and then I felt bad because you brought it as a gift. That was the first time I'd ever met you guys. No, and then I felt embarrassed afterwards when I learned more about coffee. I'm like, okay, I you cannot like the garbage believe... coffee. It'd be like Here. going somebody who is like has a vineyard and bringing them a box of wine like <laughs> from you know what i mean Zans. like like not even like a good boxed wine but like like in a tetra pack that's okay like, in our last episode uh jet or not not jen the other one phil <laughs> what is wrong with me admit it like used like the <laughs> yes. used the like horrible double double situation in his oh, what coffee do you now, normally I drink and i was like we're gonna ask you again at the end if anything's changed and i have high hopes so okay just I'll hang right on to that yeah. for the very end they but anyway so yeah that's like that's so exciting because yeah i mean we talked about it a long time ago and i think people are like okay like cool what's happening with that so it's it's super yeah. it's been really fun to, like just the way that the like that the coffee farmers thing happened because i was just like well we're SOL now because I have no like again yeah where do you start in Brazil there's only like one million options and how yeah. do you know right the fun so, part of that was yeah. Deanna came with us Wellington's wife and yeah. she was how many months pregnant seven months like I think on the cusp oh of not gosh this woman is amazing and, so we, and we were in a pickup truck like oh, yeah. going up the side oh, of a mountain like on to, a 45 degree angle to see all these vineyards and the poor people that had the the, the plantation were terrified they're like oh my gosh she can't go up and she's like no i'm good she's not good like, yeah. she up the side of a mountain so she was having a great time and then so as far as like the like the ministry and stuff i know you've had a ton of break-ins at because we talked about hope center i think was also just starting the last time yeah. we talked that kind of thing so that had been going yeah lots of things have shifted and changed and and maybe you know and you don't know what all those things are going to be yet but maybe just fill us in a little bit on where you sit as of now and, and wellington might have some thoughts on this as well but just kind of yeah where where does everything sit now and what do you kind of like what's your sense of what might be happening mm -hmm. going forward kind of thing because there have been a ton of break-ins every time i look at your instagram story yeah. i'm like not another break-in and they're like oh, yeah you know, it's another stray cat we're fine it's unfortunate <laughs> the area that it's in but the thing with hope center is not so much about the break-ins that's just that's brazil stuff happens yeah mm. um you can put up barbed wire you can put up electric fence you can put up walls cameras whatever they're going to find a way in if they want to get in so, so the, yeah, i think the biggest the biggest like thing it. with hope center is is it did exactly what we wanted it to do yeah it it mm. highlighted the which of the women that we were currently working with were really kind of in a place where they could start taking the next steps in leaving the street mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and, it, and it did just that. It worked really well. We had a, a core group of women that would come, um, that would regularly come to the house and it worked really well for the, the way we wanted it to work, for it to be just a relaxing place. Yeah. We had our first, uh, most recently, one of the girls who was the most dedicated, the one that came, like every time we were open, she came, um, she just recently got baptized um oh and gosh. Then she has landed a full-time job with hours that actually work 
support because she has two small kids. Wow. So, um, yeah, so now she has a full-time job. She also, we helped her um, do a course for doing like um, gel nails. So mm-hmm. she's able to work. She works in the morning while her kids were at school. And in the afternoon, she's still available to do nails. So she's got that as wow. an extra. It's been amazing just watching the change in her. Like when we met her, she had an ankle bracelet on that she'd covered in foil. I don't know, I can't remember mm-hmm. if we before she was pretty she could get aggressive sometimes but she's always been a businesswoman like Mm -hmm. she was always selling something like you know okay sometimes they were stolen clothes but she was always (laughs) like she's very resourceful you know what i mean this is the thing our our best like our best and worst characteristics are actually the same like it's like it's the same thing like Exactly. Uh, like your like your drive and your ambition can can get you into a lot of trouble, but can also get you into a lot of like really exactly. great things. It can get you through a lot of crap. Like you can, you know, that all that resourcefulness, like that's like really great. They're all really exactly. good things, but we can easily take any of those and turn them into something that's self-destructive. Also, it's exactly. always a double-sided coin. <laughs> yeah. So for her, it's just been. Um, it's been awesome to see the change in her and she's still, you know, continuing on. And really the reality is that since Hope Center opened, um, most of the girls who would come to Hope Center on a regular basis have left the streets. Mm. Um, and just that area. Incredible. Like, think about that. Oh, I know. We, every once in a while we go, wait a minute. Like, like, that's like, I know that's like old news to you now, but like to those of us listening, like, like, think about that. And I know yeah. it's not like an up and to the right. Like I know it's, I know these are up and yeah, down and whatever, but like that, that like number of even just like the women that are like, yeah, like I want out and actually able to like walk that out. Like that's crazy. Like you don't see that. It's it just, not, you can want to and all the things and it's just hard. It is. And we, you know, I so, think for a long man. time it felt like it just wasn't gonna like when are we ever gonna see breakthrough when are we ever gonna you know you get so like it's like planting a seed and just staring at the soil (laughs) every day you've been there for 10 years you said right well we've been in brazil Brazil for 10 years years. we've been here in brazil for six in the ministry in the ministry for five so right um, but like that's like five years is is a long time because i would i like you would say probably the first like three to four you wouldn't have seen much like that you could be like okay like something's happening here yeah Yeah. like that's a long time to keep going and not see like we're so results oriented right like without and not see the results that we think we're looking for like or that we are looking for yeah so as a result of, of those girls leaving plus the pandemic things have shifted in the area that we're working in mm-hmm. uh, we've seen a huge reduction in the amount of girls actually working on the street when wow. we first had to go down there there would be it could be 30 to 40 women on that street mm-hmm. mm. and now you go down we take like on tuesdays we take a hot lunch down to the streets and mm-hmm. if we give out seven meals that's a lot wow there's some days where there's like three girls or on the one, the one street that runs behind the beach, there might be one or two, like, yeah. so we, and this was consistent, like for, a, a, you know, the last sort of six months to a year, we've noticed this. 
Some of them, the ones that we have a relationship with that we've been walking with for five years, we know that a good chunk of them, like probably I can count seven women off the top of my head who've actually left and they're not working somewhere else. Some okay. of them are unfortunately working through an app mm -hmm. <laughs> that's like Airbnb where they can rate the client, the client can rate them. Um, but, but really it's just that street has become so much, there's just so much less going on there. So mm -hmm. the newest thing is that we've really felt, um, a shift, like when we prayed about it and I had heard this ages ago. And then when, uh, we prayed with Wellington and Deanna, Deanna came to me and said, you know, we're trying to decide what to do about Hope Center. Do we keep it open or not? Because we're really just not seeing girls coming anymore. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so she prayed and the, this was the exact same thing that God showed me, like, I don't know, a few number of months back was like basically the pillar of cloud and fire. Like when it moves, we move. Mm -hmm. And so we've been feeling for a while now that it was time to move. Not that we're not, that we're going to stop going to that area. We'll continue to go there, mm -hmm. uh, but that we'll start to minister into the downtown area. So the downtown area, there's a park where there's quite a few women. There's a few street corners where there's women. There are these, they call them a bar, um, mm. but it's really, it's really a brothel. Um, and then there's a street where it operates at night, which is called Huarareya. And it's known throughout the city. That is the street where there's about five or six brothels. So wow. that's really where we're feeling like the shift has come and we're, it's time. It's time. Mm -hmm. So the whole picture that we had uh, have in uh, the city, in the area that we're in now will be closing. Um, and we'll be moving it to the downtown area. We okay. just don't know. Actually, actually, this is street, Huadaria. It, it's known like for 80 years. Like wow. it's when my grandma was a teenager, <laughs> that street used to have, I, I, I think yeah. I never told you that. About the, the Cabo Branco, which is the area where we work now. Mm -hmm. That's again, Deanna used to know that when she was a kid. They would, yeah. yeah. That. So, and that has always been a busy street. Yet now it is empty. Even the girls that are still down there comment like just how quiet it is down there and how there's mm. so few girls. Yeah. So but, we're going to claim that, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. Uh, exactly. But so I, I love that though. Like that. Like not just hanging on to something and not just. Well, this is what we've been doing. Like, so we're just going to keep doing it. Like if you sense that shift like to move into the next thing because i think it is really easy to get comfortable in that space and be like well we just kind of figured this out <laughs> like you know and now we're gonna go down to where there's like you know exponentially more women more like these are actually mm -hmm. like brothels and like massage parlors and all the things right like this is like next level right yeah. but it's like, like why well. why keep this house open in this area just to keep it like yeah. what are we here to do right what what did we exactly. come to do and so i i mean i just i commend that because i know for a lot of organizations that's not the way that it works we got to see for the time it was open it worked great and it mm -hmm. had a time and we kind of always knew that there was a you know there's a time for everything so <laughs> it had its time and it worked really well and exactly how we wanted it to yeah mm -hmm. but now it to, to I mean, if we, if we had opened it and the, you know, if the only thing that came out of it was that La Nina, the, this one girl, mm -hmm. um, that she got baptized, if that was the only thing that came worth out it. of it, <laughs> worth it, a hundred thousand percent. 
Yeah. So, and if moving it means one other woman will come exactly. up, then move oh, it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Off we go. Right. Yeah. Still, like yeah. Phil said, uh, the one day when we were talking about it, he said, "I'm kind of starting to wonder if this area wasn't like a training ground for us." Hmm. because i think wellington's nodding everyone (laughs) yeah exactly wellington's like oh yeah because downtown yeah it's it's gonna be i think it's gonna be more intense more intense i mean i am terrified again because i'm like Mm -hmm. i personally like hold me back i can't wait to try and get into the brothels like yeah and dan is like honey let's just take a moment yeah. <laughs> make yeah. sure we, are. I, I, we can't I just run into be, a brothel <laughs> i i really believe it's gonna be more intense because we're gonna like mass with with people that like are in charge of a lot of women for ages mm. like by the beach they they were there there was not not a pimp or something like that yeah. but the place that we are going it will be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so what, um, Wellington, what else is, uh, there's something you were going to touch on, on something mm-hmm. that's coming yeah, up yeah. that's exciting. We we were thinking about if we just um, go to these girls and pray and, you know, do that. It's very important. But there are a lot of girls that are growing up and going there. So we mm-hmm. thought about uh, work with prevention, you know. Mm-hmm. both in, inside of poor communities because the problem here is poverty really mm-hmm. really and it's one of the major uh, reasons that girls go to the street here mm-hmm. and in poor areas and there's a lot here if we we uh, like connect with ministries that are already doing something we can provide them training to uh, identify identify sorry identify um, Mm. girls being abused and that kind of stuff. Mm. And we can prevent also going to churches and schools and and doing lectures about um, pornography and how Mm. it's connected to um, human trafficking and that kind of stuff. So we are now like just finishing, I believe, all all lectures. We we are doing like a full day seminar. That's amazing. When is this happening? Yeah. That's so amazing. Yeah, because I, I, I believe Phil didn't do his homework. Feels yeah. like I'm doing it right now. <laughs> when we just finish, we can schedule with a lot of. Oh, okay. I have two churches that are willing to receive this. Like it's gonna be a day. We will talk Perfect. about like the spiritual implications of pornography and mental and how it's connected with human trafficking and then that jesus can really deliver us from from that and we have to seek professional um uh, help too with counseling and every, every a lot of things so i'm i'm really excited because even brazil has a very sexualized culture in church they just don't talk about it you know it's like two extremes like two unhealthy yeah. extremes right yeah. where because the outside out like outside of church it's very sexualized so everything that touches that point in inside of church is too much you mm. know they 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 don't they just don't even mention it so i believe it's uh i, I talk to a few pastors and ask them about receiving that training and oh yeah yeah and i believe is that in, in their heads it's like oh praise God, I don't have to 
this guy this guy will come here and do the you know you know what though i think that's really good though because i mean it can be like depending on who and how people are trying to talk about it in the church too it can be really damaging as well so i think having people who have done the homework and done the work and and are able to give those trainings it's coming from like just like a healthier place i think than yeah than if some of like these pastors who really aren't comfortable or don't know what to say they can just be just as just as not great a situation right so that's really exciting we want to open the door to the conversation get the conversation mm -hmm. going come with actual yeah. facts and, and the reality of what how how damaging this is put it yeah. into the light you know because yeah, i think it, like one of the things that we're going to do at the very beginning is do like an anonymous you know here's phil and i being old and we're like going to do this paper thing and then wellington comes in and like you know, we can, you know we can do this on google like a survey right that'll just give us all the results right away and i'm like this is why you're younger than me so <laughs> We're, this is why. That's the only reason why you're younger. <laughs> so one of the things we're going to start with is like asking people to be 100% honest. It's totally anonymous. No one's going to know where it's coming from, but to have actual stats in the room. How many people mm. here, right, have view pornography on a regular basis or, you know, think it's healthy for their marriage or that kind of thing. We're coming mm. up with, you know, no working on the question, but to, to give people a real idea of, you're not alone yeah like if yep. i go to church thinking you're the only one that's struggling mm -hmm. with pornography you are super wrong and so that's what keeps you alone. there is thinking exactly. that you're the only one and being isolated alone. and it's not okay to talk it, about it because now you're like some creepy gross person and it's like no you're yeah. just a person like who just needs to talk to someone <laughs> and get some help yeah. right like it's yeah. And also yeah. to encourage parents to talk to their kids, start yeah. the conversation because yeah. it's not when your kids are, it's not if your kids are being exposed to pornography, it's when. Yeah. So if you're not talking to them about sex, who is? Guess yeah. what? They're learning it from somewhere. So mm -hmm. start the conversation at home. Yeah. Um, and so we want to give them like actual tools of, okay, like how do you talk to your kids about it? Like, how do you? you know, break that science and when, like how old should they be? What's appropriate? That mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. You know? We're a neutral party. We're not part of that church or that organization. Right. Cause we can do this schools, churches. Yeah. I mean, Jen and I were even talking about the other day on the, we were on the street and quite often a police car goes past when we're down there. And some, some of them kind of have got used to us being down there, but you see sometimes the next turning and they're wondering what we're doing. And I said, well, <laughs> Like, wouldn't it be cool if we could start taking the pornography awareness stuff into the police force? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, I know a there guy, is. I know a guy who knows the. the and again, I know a guy. That's amazing. Because there's not an area where this is not set. effective. And pornography is not, it's everywhere. Like the, the chief of police now, he's a believer now. He just took over on last month. Yeah. That's that's yeah, the guy I, let I me told guess you. you know him. Yeah, you know, that's the guy you, you know. You like, lives, his, like, yeah, his mom lives right above apartment. Him. Yeah, his mom. Yeah. His mom. So she does. <laughs> about church culture, and there, there's a quote from an author, uh, Richard Foster, I believe. Yeah, he says, "Before before we think that we are a community of saints, we have to know that we are a community of sinners." Oh, that's so because good. if we have 
on our mind that no, everyone is holy except us. Mm-hmm. It's a lie. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we just need to, because when we confess our sins to one another, we open a door. So the guy that the person you are confessing, they have the chance to confess their sins mm-hmm. to us. And we both receive healing and the, the forgiveness mm-hmm. of sin. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I believe it's yeah, a good uh, thing to, to share when we were at churches, because it's, it's just common sense that we are a community of saints and Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not true <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you only have to like you know get to know some people in a church that for about five seconds and you know that ain't true, right? if people are being honest <laughs> um, yeah. that's like that's super exciting um i do want to kind of add and this is a bit of like a broad question i mentioned this um before we started recording but um so like yeah jen and phil you said you've been it's been five six years since you've been kind of into this ministry wellington you and deanna when did you join a couple of years ago two years ago three no more four four yeah oh my gosh we're vibing how are you only coming on here now it's fine (gasps) i know so almost the same it's almost like the same amount of time so you guys would have joined not long after um you guys started and i guess just like is there something that you've learned i mean i'm sure you've learned a lot of things but something that just has like stood out even really recently or um, or over the last several years um, about human trafficking or sexual exploitation or something from one of the women um, yeah, that's really just like stuck out to you or grabbed your heart or just made you like see something differently. I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but I got something bing, bing, bing that just came I... to <laughs> just talking about this. Um, I say what she says. Yeah, <laughs> I think for me, I mean, obviously, we've it has been a learning curve straight up, right? Just mm. a vertical lineup. But one of the things I think that I've that I've learned that's really struck me is that um, the buyers, those who are purchasing the women, you know, I in the beginning, I really felt like they're the bad guys. Right. Those Mm -hmm. are the bad. I probably had the same look about them as Deanna had about the women before she got to know them. Mm -hmm. Then I listened to I think on Exodus Cry, they had the testimony of a guy who, um, you know, he ended up, I think he ended up being arrested for um, attempted rape. When he told his testimony, when he told his story of how he was sexually abused as a kid and then and his introduction to all of that stuff, his story, mm-hmm. his brokenness was like the same, the same mm-hmm. as all of the women, the stories mm-hmm. that we hear from them that, you know, there's not a there's not a bad guy and a good guy in this situation. There's just human beings who have been abused, who have experienced trauma, and that trauma has manifested in different ways because of mm-hmm. lots of factors, societal and family and all of that stuff. But that, you know, the the men that are purchasing these women, um, that they are just as hurting and just as broken. I think God's really like mm-hmm. had to work on my heart in in that area you know that one day and phil reminds me every once in a while because one day we pulled up and one of the girls said oh can i have a lunch too for my you know my husband who's sitting there in his car while she is selling herself so although they say they don't have pimps this guy is clearly you know her pimp mm-hmm. and, uh and i was like now we're feeding their pimps like i was just like <laughs> i was like i had that moment right mm-hmm. and Luke, phil just looks at me and he goes daughters and sons babe daughters and sons mm. daughters and i was like 
<laughs> Yikes. <laughs> you know what though? That's like that's that's a real thing because I think and especially when you're when you're advocating for the women and like and that's kind of where you where you sit in 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 generally who you're working with, it is like really hard not to be really like angry at yep. the perpetrator because it, <laughs> no part of it makes it okay but like you're right like the reality is that like broken people just break other people like we that's just like if we're whole if we're actually dealing with our stuff and working things out like we're a lot less likely <laughs> yeah to yeah. go out and do something you know yeah exactly uh, and yeah, yeah. Daughters and sons, geez. Yeah. So, oh, convicted I... myself, honestly. So thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I'm going to do a different one from Jen. What? But it leads, what? it kind of joins in, of course. Um, I mean, the stuff we've learned from from doing this, because we knew so little about it to start with, is just, it's difficult to, to even describe. But the thing that's, especially because we're going into this pornography awareness stuff, mm-hmm. It's it's that side of it that that really is just mind blowing to me because there's got to be pretty much nobody out there is going to turn around and say, well, you know, sex trafficking's okay, you know, prostitution's okay. It's it's you know, it's not so bad. Nobody's going to say that, or at least a tiny, tiny percentage. But how many people are like, no, pornography, pornography's fine. Mm. It's healthy. It's good. It's it's all okay. So society itself is trying to push this as as, as an okay thing yeah. when the two are exactly the same. Yeah. There really is no difference between people being trafficked and pornography. Yeah. And it's just but there's this bizarre blinder between the two, which we're trying to pull back the curtain on that mm-hmm. to, to really explore. So that's probably and the more we've looked into it, I mean, I think I think I was new to a certain extent, but the more we look into it, the more we look into the science even behind it. Mm-hmm. It's, just it's fascinating. Like it is crazy. Yeah. And we like we've gotten really good, I think, good, I say in quotations, as at like compartmentalizing things so that because we don't want our personal lives to be affected, like we don't actually have to be responsible to change something. So we want to be able to say, I'm against human trafficking. But I don't, but not to the extent where I have to change something in my own life, right? It, it's the same with like labor trafficking, everything, right? Like uh, nobody thinks it's okay, you know, that sweatshops exist. But we also, how how do we change all of our buying habits? Or like, you know, so we kind uh, of have uh, these, co- it's like a coping mechanism essentially to compartmentalize, right? And to say mm-hmm. like, yes, like sex trafficking, horrible, should never happen, but like pornography, fine that really interferes with our lifestyles and people don't see the connection because it's like well maybe i i watch pornography but but child pornography that's terrible that's definitely the the worst thing ever but then again when you see the video and the testimony from a guy that got arrested for possession of child pornography he didn't get up one day and think i'm gonna watch some child porn porn." no Mm -hmm. he started with normal pornography and it just escalates yeah so for me, the lesson, what I've learned, um, it was about like our culture. We are always um, we always celebrate numbers and the size of the ministry, and mm. you know, and these values really uh, put us very very far away from reality, mm-hmm. because it's only when go to the sidewalks and talk with one girl. 
let me know the truth you know it's like mm. we have to i i i i thought that i have to learn jesus way once again because jesus was the opposite he was always dismissing the the five thousand people and try to be the little little group because he he knew about reality you know uh mm. how to go there every week a lot of days and spend time with one and mm. uh jen don't know but this week one pastor of my church he told me that when he was not saved he went to that street and mm. and he was a mess you know he, he invited one of that girls and then we he got to the the how to say semaphore in english the lights you know the yeah. red yeah. The lights yeah traffic like traffic yeah, lights. When, when he got to the that traffic lights there and he looked to the girl and she was crying mm. and he said hey what's happening and she said i i'm only doing it because i'm I, i'm broken i don't have money to buy food and mm. that day he told me he just gave her gave her like 100 reais and never never more in his life Oh. He he, mm. he bought sex again, and oh. he was not saved. But that's a very yeah. strong testimony of when reality shows up, <laughs> when when the woman is, is not just a piece of meat, or mm. when yeah. she shared like the reality, even even a, a heart that was far away from God, he mm -hmm. got like moved in. He told me, man, that that time was the last time I wow. I did that, and and for us it's it's ve it's very challenging to be here like every week, mm -hmm. and we don't see anything happen. But when we stop and talk about what happened, it's like, hey, a lot <laughs> things <happened."> actually happened. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, yeah, that's so it, powerful. It's very yeah. um. Wow. Wow. Nathan. Yeah, and yeah, Jen and Phil, you didn't, you had never heard that story. No, like, like no, you no, no, look no. on your He's, faces, you're like, it what? was, it was this week. He, he told wow. me. Wow, wow. Yeah, and I think see, that's the there. You thing. go. He's a, yeah. he's a pastor now, right? Like, yeah, daughters and sons. Like, yeah, daughters, right? And sons. Yeah, yeah, and that just like you can't like if you actually see people as people as like image bearers. You, yeah. you can't simultaneously see someone as an image bearer and treat them like that. Like you can't do those two things at the same time. So when you, you know, when he goes down to the street to purchase and is put face to face, all of a sudden he sees an image bearer. He can't yeah. go through with like you have to, again, that compartmentalization, that dehumanization of of people there's no way to follow through on that. But we like sure. to kind of make ourselves feel better. Um, Thank you for sharing. Uh, all, like I honestly I'm I'm like excited to like listen back and edit this podcast so I can listen to those things again I'm with that. very <laughs> convicted already so I will probably take notes quite honestly um anyway I I don't want to take up a whole ton more of your time um but we always so Wellington I, we, we asked um Jen and Phil already were asked this previously so I will circle back to them at the end to see if anyone <clears throat> Phil has grown in their <laughs> coffee taste in the last two years 
Um, but Wellington, we always ask everyone at the end of the podcast um, if you can have your coffee exactly the way that you like it, because we are a coffee company. Um, what what would you be drinking and who would you drink it with or where or, you know, set me up in your ideal coffee drinking situation? <laughs> yeah, one of, one of the reasons that I, I was not a coffee guy until two years ago, because <laughs> here is very hot. Phil and Jen, they they they, uh, they didn't try it, but there's a new place here in our city that they sell. <laughs> um, it's tonic, ginger, yep. and black coffee. And what? It's, yeah, it's called yeah. black See? ginger. It's called black ginger. You ha- okay, you, you I'm should coming try to it. try this. I, I have I have a I lot have of mixed feelings come. about it, but I have. I'm dying. Yeah, yeah. Let's not even don't even talk to me about coming. Actually, right actually, now. I, I went to that place and I ordered like a caramel something because I really like sweet things. And a friend of mine, he ordered this black ginger, and he said, "Try it." No, 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 no. I hate tonic. I hate, yeah. but it's mind blowing because it's the the ginger really, really okay. like the, like the flavor. I'm so fascinated. Okay, so, when I come, my, my remind per- me of that. Perfect place will be by the beach and with tonic, ginger, and black coffee together. And with, with who? ice. You went like with my wife. With, with my wife. Obviously, with, <laughs> good answer. And, and our four months. That is year, correct. Like our four yeah. months, maybe. Because <laughs> we have to take him. Because you can't leave him. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And Jen yeah. and Phil, any uh, change of heart from you, Phil? You or... well, here's the thing, Twyla. I think you said to us, um, I can't remember it was on the podcast, but at some point I said that I really like dark roast. And you said, oh, you like burnt coffee? <laughs> now and all our listeners who drink our dark roast are like, what? Twyla doesn't burn hers. There's a point. Heretic. No, we don't. It's a, it's a light no. or dark because we don't. Is a, yeah, like, because no. actually what? What I liked was like Starbucks dark roast. And what we have learned since then is actually Starbucks like burns. The, sorry, Starbucks. I'm going to get like. <laughs> what was like deep out? Like, exactly. There's coffee a shop. coffee company that they're dark roast. Anyway. Yes. My coffee taste has changed. I no longer drink the stuff that I was drinking that I found out has twigs and stuff in it. Corn what? and corn and, and whatnot. And oh, the you gave me. Yeah, I think it might be. Maybe. Not the stuff we tasted this summer, but like back a million years no, ago. No, when no, we... the stuff when, when I, we met you for the first In the yellow stuff. package? Yeah, I yeah. think. Oh, that stuff? Some you stuff. gave me ground oh. twigs. It is. I didn't know. I didn't know. So, <laughs> so now, now I really enjoy a medium roast. I do enjoy it black with nothing in it. I never thought that would happen. But you know what? The most wonderful coffee i have tasted mm-hmm. so far is called jacu <laughs> oh is this, the, this is the bougie stuff that the, this the, is the this is the there's a bird called the jacu and he goes it's the sweetest of the fruit and he poops out the beans and then you roast them and you make coffee and it's delicious it is good we that was one of the ones we tried this summer and yeah. there really good. we're like ah above and that, our pay grade but it is and now good. feeling jen our coffee snobs and so Phil, it was literally up until we went down south i was still drinking the cheapest stuff in the store dark <laughs> road, 
extra strong Stick and, sticks and twigs, sticks and, twigs <laughs> and corn bits in it. Double, double. And didn't have I a clue like what... alarmed by that. Yeah, it, I didn't have a clue what Twyla was talking about when she said, oh, you like your coffee burn. I'm like, no, I like it strong, like proper coffee. <laughs> so we go down south, and of course, everywhere we go, they serve us coffee. But they Good don't... Coffee. But proper coffee. This is like high altitude, slow grown. It's like really nice high-end coffee. So they just give it to you, and it's black, and there's nothing with it. No, And I've never, ever been able to drink coffee black. Always wanted to, but just never could. This stuff was absolutely fantastic. All of it, all of the coffee we Because it actually has flavors. Oh my God. And the different types of flavor. I had no idea coffee could have so many different types of flavor. Yeah. There are no flavors in a double double. No. Cream sugar. That's the flavor. I haven't been back to Canada since. Since I just not not sure what's going to happen when I go back next. Because where am I going to get coffee? you You have to try one. You need to go and get a double double and Uh just notice how horrible it is now that you're exactly. I'm sure it's going to be cleansed awful. and transformed. Well, even to the point when we came back home, like we couldn't drink the stuff we were drinking before because no, we switched coffees. It just tastes like garbage. Yeah. So there's our coffee. One place we went to, it's like a fifth generation coffee farm, and they served us some coffee, and then they make what's called <gasps> dosi de leche. Oh. So it's like, what's it equal to? Well, I think we have things like that. I don't really fully understand what how you like what is all makes that but that is i know those words yeah it's just like okay. milk. Drink caramel just and milk like, and sugar yeah it's like a yeah like, okay it's not quite yeah it's not quite yeah so it's... what this one family said is said, oh what you do is you take a small spoonful of that and you put that in your mouth first and then you drink some of the coffee no, i told you that actually no they were doing it at the table when we had oh, dinner. okay maybe i just followed their and it was just mind-blowing well, it was you amazing take credit for it jen <laughs> Yeah, she will. He does it all the time. (laughs) Can we do that when you come to Canada, please? We can, because we left that dose to let you there. We left it. Now I'll say the the place and the coffee. That's right. Yeah, so the place, uh, the coffee would be any of the specialty coffees from Energy Dice, where we, from the association Mm -hmm. that we dealt with, because they were all fantastic. Um, Mm -hmm. The place, I think it still would be the beach with Jen. Mm. Oh, that's cute. Are you still yeah. the Masai Mara, Jen? Yeah, probably. Can we talk about how you might actually get to do that? Or should I not talk about that? But honestly. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like yeah. that dream might actually come true, which is great. That dream might come true. But that'll be for next year. That's a whole other thing. That's the next one. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much for doing this, guys. I know it's only like a year late. I think we had wanted to do a catch up with you last year to just I don't even know. It didn't even happen. So here we are. And yeah, just love watching and listening. I don't know, just living vicariously, honestly, through <laughs> through you guys in Brazil and just watching you follow, kind of follow God literally wherever he pulls you, which is really inspiring to me. And just like most of the time, I, I mean, all the time, actually, I don't actually have any idea what's happening or what's happening next. And I'm like, but it works out okay for Jen and Phil. So like, yeah. it's going to be fine, right? So anyway, I just appreciate you guys so much. And Wellington, thank you for coming on. This is really, really nice to actually see your face this time and not just have you behind the text. So thanks for having us on and thanks for being a part of what we do. Yeah, thank you you so much. You're part of our team, so. Yeah, we love it.